Hey everyone, welcome to Homer's Dope Nuts, a weekly Simpsons podcast where I, the Simpsons guy, and my co-host, El Ray, discuss and review every episode of The Simpsons ever made. We break down the episodes, discuss some of the references, and try to connect our younger listeners with the Simpsons family and how life has changed since the inception of the show over 30 years ago. We hope you enjoy it and provide feedback as we're always looking for ways to improve the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Homer's Don't Nuts. As always, I am your host, the Simpsons guy, and I'm joined by El Ray. Ahoy, hoy, everybody. And uh, if we sound a little off today, it's because uh, we're, we're kinda... enjoying vacation. Yes, we're really enjoying our vacations right now. Yes, very much so. And we're uh, celebrating few... with uh, adult beverages. Yes, we've had a few libations. Yes, yes. And we'll keep enjoying them as we go through this. Yeah. So it may or may not devolve. Because uh, it's not like we got to go to work. Exactly. Yeah. Some of the perks, right? Some of the perks of being... One of the major perks, yes. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Uh So we can only hope that everybody else is having a wonderful start to a summer if you have one. Yes. Because we know that summers are awesome. Yes, they are. Uh, except for the uh, heat that is trying to constantly kill us down here. Mixed in with the rain now and the humidity and mosquitoes that follow after. Yeah, yeah. But, alas, it's all good. Yes, it's all good. Why? We don't got to show up to work for a while. So as, as Homer would say, pro, don't have to go to work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's enough nonsense for right now. We are here to talk about the 21st episode in the seventh season of The Simpsons, titled 22 Short Films About Springfield. And this is not a clip episode. No, it is not. No. And it originally aired April 14th of 1996. I'd like to say we're going to start with the traditional chalkboard and couch gags, but we're not. As is the new tradition. Yes. So, yes, no chalkboard gag. None. Zero. And the couch gag is a recycled couch gag, which is the um, the sea monkey one, right? Where they all swim in looking like the sea monkeys. And, uh, well, not, not Maggie. But then they all get the, cou- the couch, and then the treasure chest opens up instead of the TV. Right? So we've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, again, recycled. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and before we actually begin this episode, it's going to sound like a clip episode, mm-hmm. but it isn't. Structured as such. Yes. Um, because, you know, in a clip episode, you flash back to prior episodes. And this episode doesn't do that. No, it does not. It just goes on to several tangents. Yes, it's a non-linear story. Yes. So we can see what the average day in Springfield is, is like. Yes, it is. All right. So we're going to open up with a bright spring day in Springfield. And Bart and Milhouse are up to no good. Uh, as we can see, they're kind of like standing on an overpass over the highway. And they're spitting off the overpass. And Bart goes, Milhouse, do you ever think about the people in those cars? Milhouse turns and looks at him and says, I try not to. It makes it harder to spit on. Fair yeah. enough. Yes, wisdom from Milhouse. 
So Bart just kind of wonders if anything interesting ever happens to the people in Springfield. Uh, Milhouse doesn't hear anything that Bart has to say why. Because Milhouse is distracted because apparently he saw a convertible coming and he decided to start squirting mustard off of the uh, said bridge over the traffic. Mm-hmm. So we then go into the uh, little tangents, right? Uh, we see Bart and Milhouse actually strolling down to the Quickie Mart to get a, you know their usual squishy sugar fix. And when we go into the Quickie Mart, we see Sanjay. Yes, we got a Sanjay appearance. Yes, he's talking to Apu here. And he tells, he's telling Apu that he wishes that he would come to his party, that he could use some merriment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, and Apu says, listen, serving the customer... Is merriment enough for me? So Bart pays for his gummy. He goes, thank you. Come again. See? Most enjoyable, he says. <laughs> Pretty square. And he's genuinely happy. Uh-huh. So Sanjay tells him, like, he looked, I guarantee a wing ding of titanic proportions. You will be there or kindly be square. <laughs> yes. And Apu, I guess he doesn't want to be square. He says, okay, well, I don't like to leave the store. He grabs the uh, sign off the door. He says, we'll be back in. He turns it to five minutes, right? He says, but for the next five minutes, I'm going to party like it's on sale for $19.99. That's a great line. (laughs) Yes, it is. And so they leave the store, right? And Abu just runs into the backyard of the shindig. And there's people out there by the pool. They're barbecuing. They're having drinks, right? So who's like, quick, quick, no time. No time to cook them. They'll pump in my stomach. He grabs the hot dogs off the grill, right? And he eats it. He drinks some, takes a, a chug of beer. He burps. And then he spots a pretty woman. Yep. He runs up to her and he says, hello, beautiful. No ring, I see. So you're only arranged to be married. That line right there is so good. That's gold. That's <laughs> so funny. And then we hear the uh, some Frikasoy playing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, who, of course, loves the song. He grabs the girl. He starts singing, right? I'm a freak, so come on, wind me up. Ooh. <laughs> he starts jamming out, um, which is very par for the course because I think the last time we saw him jamming out in jean shorts, right? Yes. So there you go. Right? And he tells the girl, let's get out of here. They run into like the little pool house that's there. Mm-hmm. And of course, then Apu leaves with a smile on his face. And he's, uh, his shirt is on backwards. Yes, his shirt is on backwards. Mm-hmm. And he's smoking a cigarette, right? So mm-hmm. we all know what uh, went on in there. And as he leaves, this is so cold-blooded. Yes. Right? As he leaves, he says, don't worry. I'll tell everybody you were untouchable. <laughs> uh, oh, man. After, after he defiles her yeah, in the pool room. Wow. That's kind of gangster. Yes. But, <laughs> and then he backs into the pool. And he drags a bunch of people with him, right? And he jumps out of the pool and he says, what a, I love this. Like, oh, Sanjay, never have I partied so hearty. And then he says, same time next year, no? <laughs> and he gives Sanjay a, a high five. And they both go, yeah! And he takes off back to work. Mm-hmm. And he gets back to the store with one minute to spare. Yep. So he opens the door and Hans Molman is inside the store and he comes out, he says, you stole four minutes from my life. I want them back. Oh, never mind. I'd probably waste them anyway. <laughs> yeah. So 
So yeah, poor Hans was left in the store unnoticed for four minutes of his life. Mm-hmm. Man, Apu got a lot done in four, in four minutes. Yes, he did. Admit, like, does he live right next door to the freaking Quickie Mart? He must. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And so we cut to another part of town. And Marge is listening to the radio. And he's cleaning out the kitchen sink, right? And uh, there's advertisements on for... Whether it's into Swing Serenade, right? The ad says, was brought to you by Gorman's Ear Guards. Guard your ears! <laughs> right. So that's how they get you. Yes. So then Lisa asks Marge if she can recycle Dad's beer can. Right. And mm-hmm. so, like, Marge is like, oh, okay, yeah, why not? Right. Yeah. So Lisa walks out to the front curb. She tosses the can into the recycle bin. As Bart is skateboarding by, and he tosses a piece of gum up in the air, and it lands on Lisa's hair. Of course, what does she do? She freaks out, and she tries to pull it out, but it's stuck. So Lisa runs in, Mom! Someone threw gum in my hair. Marge looks at it, she's like, are you sure? Maybe it's just shampoo. That washes right out. (laughs) Oh, goodness, Mom. Oh, Yes. But, you know, but it is gum. It is gum. And then so Marge thinks, she's like, well, she remembers the trick to getting gum out is peanut butter. Yes. No, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know whether that's true or not. It is true. Is it? It is true. I actually, it happened to me. Back when I had hair, <laughs> back when I had hair, and I was kind of dumb in high school, I had uh, some gum in my hair. So I remembered... I didn't see it on The Simpsons yet, but I do remember I read it somewhere. Mm. And I uh, put some uh, peanut butter on there. I worked it in, and the peanut, and the gum just came right off. There you go. Fair enough. Yes. So now you know, kids. Now you know. <laughs> oh, man. I just, the source of advice yes. <laughs> at this moment is just awesome. All right. <laughs> So just in case you're wondering why it doesn't work here right now with the Simpsons is they don't actually work it in. They just, they just plop it on. Yes, okay. She adds some, right? Uh-huh. She like she just lathers it basically on top of it. Uh-huh. And so uh, <laughs> just maybe some mayonnaise will loosen it up so she spreads some mayonnaise. She tells Lisa to go sit out in the sun. <laughs> so Lisa <laughs> so Lisa walks out with peanut butter and mayonnaise on her hair. And uh, wouldn't you know it? Flies and bees start circling all over Lisa's head. And then all the bees show up. Mm-hmm. Right? So Lisa's running around screaming in the backyard. right? And one of the bees breaks off and we switch to the view of that bee. Of that bee, right? The, the first person view of that, that bee. And finally, it's on Smithers, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, lands on his nose. Lands on his nose. Well, yeah, and then it Falls by his eye, but he's pedaling a bicycle, a tandem bicycle, right? uh-huh. with Mr. Burns, of course, doing nothing on the back. He's actually got his feet up. Yes. Yeah. He's actually uh, he's reading something too, right? Yeah, he's reading a magazine, and so he's he notices they're slowing down. And Mr. Burns says, "Smithers, what's the meaning of this slacking off?" And Smithers is like, "Uh, there's a bee in my eye, sir." And Smithers is like, "I, I'm allergic to bee stings." They caused me to uh, die. So he says, 
but we're running out of forward momentum. Um, perhaps you could pedal for just a little while, sir? Which is quite impossible. <laughs> I could try to bat him off if you like, and he just starts rubbing his hands all over Smithers' mm-hmm. face. And Smithers' like, oh, really, that's up. And so the beast stings him, and Smithers just instantly swells up and slumps over the handlebars. And Burns is like, holy cats, man, we're starting to wobble. <laughs> and Smithers' like, get me to the hospital. You have to pedal. And Burns is just annoyed. He's like, oh, Tuttle Sunday trousers. Fear not. I'll get you to the hospital. The only way I know how. And so he raises his voice and says, Smithers, you infernal ninny, stick your left foot on that flange now. And he does, right? He's like, now if you can get your, you can get it through your bug-addled brain, jam that second mephetic cloud hopper of yours on that right doodad. He does. Right? He says, now, pump those scrawny chicken legs, you stuporous funker. <laughs> and Smithers, halfway conscious, starts pedaling the bike. Yeah. So, Burns and Smithers get to the hospital. You know the ER entrance where the uh, where the um, ambulance pulls up, right? And they just collapse, right, in a heap. And some orderly see this. They sp- <laughs> they get the stretcher. They come out. They put burns on it, and they run back in. And they leave Smithers, who's actually having the real medical emergency here. Yeah, he's twitching already yeah. at this point. Just laying there with the bike. It's so. And this is when Doctor Nick walks by. Right, and and uh, Smithers is like, help me. And Doctor Nick's like, holy smokes, you need booze. I guess he thinks he's a hobo, right? Yeah. Having a drunk fit, and so he just throws some chains on him and walks <laughs> back inside. <laughs> oh my god! And so we actually start following Doctor Nick now, uh-huh. right? And we see him walk into the hospital, and he walks into a boardroom, and as he walks in. Dr. Nick, you know, he goes, Hi, everybody! And then we hear, Hi, Hi Dr. Nick. Very unenthused. Yes. Very Because sad. this is a malpractice board meeting. Yes. Right? So the chairman says, Dr. Nick, this malpractice committee has received a few complaints against you. And he gets his clipboard and starts looking through it. He says, Of the 160 gravest charges... The most troubling are performing major operations with a knife and fork from a seafood restaurant. Dr. Nick goes, but I cleaned them with my napkin. This is misuse of cadavers. I get here early when I drive in the carpool lane. (laughs) And so at that moment, an orderly barges in and says that there's a crazy man with a scalpel in the ER demanding to see a quack. And it's up to, of course... Doctor. Dr. Nick. It's go time for Dr. Nick, right? They get like ER, like, right? Uh-huh. Back in the day. And of course, the crazy man in the ER turns out to be one Grandpa Simpson. Yes, of course. Uh-huh. Right, and he's got the scalpel and he's holding off everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dr. Nick walks over and says, where is the trouble? And Abe starts to describe a whole bunch of symptoms and, uh, Dr. Nick says, oh, that sounds like bonus eruptus, which is a disorder 
where the skeleton tries to leap out of the mouth and escape the body. Yes, and of course the only treatment here is transdental electromicide. And so Dr. Rivera asked for a golf cart motor with a 1,000 volt capacitor. But uh, there's none to be had. There's none to be had, right? So he improvises and he rimps the cord off a lamp and he uh, starts to shock Abe through his teeth every five seconds. And so we just hear Abe screaming in pain, right? And then Dr. Nick tells the, uh, the nurse there, like, keep doing that every five seconds, right? Tells the other doctor. Mm. And so the, uh, the, the chair for that malpractice committee just tells him that the charges are dropped, right? And Dr. Nick's very excited. He's so excited that he says, free nose jobs for everyone. Starting with you. And he points at Jasper. Yeah, because Jasper has his horrible nose. That's true. I never noticed how yeah. horrible it was until they pointed it out. And Jasper says, I want a Van Heflin. And Van Heflin. Yes, please explain to is, <laughs> uh, is an old uh, actor. Gotcha. Is, uh, I forget his first name, but his middle name was Evan. So that's where they got the Van Heflin from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not any Van Halen. Not, not, not Van Halen. Oh, okay. He's not that cool, though. <laughs> and, well, you know, Van Heflin, why haven't you heard of him? Because... A different type? No, he just didn't make it big. Gotcha. He just didn't make it big. He was kind of like theater big, oh, but okay. not television or movie star big. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. And so... Dr. Nick leads Jasper off, right? Abe gets his uh, horrible treatment over and over again. And we see the lights flickering. The next thing we know, the lights are flickering inside of Moe's tavern, right? And Moe, he taps the light bulb a little bit, and it works. Mm -hmm. So he talks to Barney that's there, and he says, Say, Barn, remember when I said I'd have to send away to NASA to calculate your bar tab? And Barney's like, oh, oh yeah. You, we had a good laugh, Moe. The results came back today. And so Mo pulls out this big printout, this big 90s printout, by the way, mm -hmm. with the accordion style papers stuck together, perforated. Oh my you God. You remember that when printer would go <laughs> on that green and white paper? Yes. Oh man. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Remember when people would make that art with the. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Amen. Different times. Yes. And so Mo reads the printout and he says, You owe me $70 billion. Huh? And he's like, Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. That's for the Voyager spacecraft. <laughs> right? And he looks at it and he's like, You owe me 15, I mean, sorry, $14 billion. And, you know, Barney's like, oh, I don't have 14, 14 billion. So he takes out his wallet and he, give, <laughs> and he gives Mo, it is a drunk cast. And he gives Mo. Everything in his wallet, which is about $2,000. Yes, everything in the register. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it's so funny because Mo leaps behind this doggy door. Right, right. You haven't told everybody that Snake just oh, came in. that's true. Yeah, Snake came in, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Snake goes into the bar, has a gun, right, drawn, whatever. Threatens to kill Barney if, if he moves, but Mo mm -hmm. dives under the bar into this little doggy door. Because he doesn't really care about Barney. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and then there's this little glass window there and he says ha i'm behind three inches of bulletproof glass 
Like, do your worst, right? He basically tells Snake. Uh-huh. So Snake just jumps over the bar, opens up the register, while Mo is... I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so Snake just throws all the money in his in his bag, right? He's like, oh, goodbye, student loan payments. Yep. And Mo starts to wonder, I wonder how much air is in here. And you just see him pass out. And you hear like, thud. Yep. So Mo's passed out. And so we cut to elsewhere in Springfield. Mm-hmm. We see Superintendent Chalmers, right? Walking up to the door of a very neatly kept house. Mm-hmm. And Principal Skinner happens to open the door for him. Yes. And so um, he greets him and Chalmers just kind of grunts, right? They go inside. Skinner goes to the kitchen, but he notices that, uh-oh, there's smoke coming out of his stove, right? Mm-hmm. The worst has happened. He was preparing a roast for dinner for Superintendent Chalmers. And now he has burnt the roast. And Skinner is just trying to impress Chalmers. That's all he lives for. He's just kissing his ass all, all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. But now that his roast is ruined, he has to get food. For, he has to get food, right? So he opens up. He looks out his window and he sees a crusty burger. Yes, coincidentally. He yes. Has a nice crusty burger. So he opens up his window and he tries to go outside. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Okay, fine. I'll just get some fast food. Pass it off as my own." And as he sticks a foot out the window, Chalmers comes into the kitchen. He says, Seymour! And Skinner's like, Superintendent, I was uh, just stretching my calves on the windowsill. Isometric exercise. Care to join me? So Chalmers is like, why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Uh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steam from the steam clams we're having. Mmm, steam clams. And so, Chalmers like, all right, whatever. He goes back to the dining room, right? So Skinner jumps out of the window and runs over to the Krusty Burger after he leaves. And a few minutes later, Skinner comes into the dining room with a platter, right? And he pulls off the top of the platter, and it's a platter of burgers, but they are Krusty Burgers. Yeah. And Skinner's like, Superintendent. Hope you're ready for moth-watering hamburgers. And Chalmers says, I thought we were having steamed clams. Oh, uh, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. And we have entered big-time lore at this yes, point. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is memes. This is one of those inside jokes of, of The Simpsons. Uh-huh. You know, if you know anybody that knows anything about The Simpsons and you tell them steamed hams, they know this. Right. And if they don't, they're not really Simpsons fans. Yeah. They're just posers. Yes. You could use this as code for hamburgers all the time. Steam hands use hamburgers. <laughs> now, I will say, he's not he's not completely wrong though in calling it that. Because there are some burger places, like in like in New York I've seen that they steam the patties in a yeah. certain way. So technically mm-hmm. He's not, he's not all the way wrong with steamed hams in some cases. Well, it should be like steamed beef, not ham, though. Yeah, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But still. <laughs> and uh, what the hell are you doing, New York? What are you doing? Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I've never tried them, so I won't yeah. judge, but yeah, yeah, who yeah. knows? Yeah. I could be talking blasphemy over here, but I wouldn't know. I'll try them soon enough, one day. And so, Jawler's confused, right? He's like, you call hamburgers steamed hams? Skinner's like, yeah, 
It's a regional dialect. Uh huh. What region? Uh, upstate New York. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I never heard anyone use the phrase steamed hams. <laughs> and Skinner's like, oh, no, not in Utica. It's an Albany expression. I see. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? And so Chalmers, like, whatever, he takes a bite, right? He's like, you know, these hamburgers are quite similar to the ones that have that they have a crusty burger. And uh, Skinner goes, oh, no, patented Skinner burgers, old family recipe. For steamed hams. Yes. Yes, and you called them steamed hams despite the fact that they are obviously grilled. And he shows the grill marks to Skinner. And Skinner's like, um, you know, one thing I sh- Excuse me for one second. And he walks away. Of course. Chalmers says, right? So Skinner goes into the kitchen for a second and he walks back into the dining room because the kitchen is on fire. And Skinner's like, well, that was wonderful. Good time was had by all. I'm pooped. So I was like, yes, I guess I should be. And then he sees the kitchen's on fire. He's like, oh, good Lord, what's happening in there? And Skinner's like, Aurora Borealis? Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. And uh, Skinner's like, yes. May I see it? <laughs> uh, um, no. <laughs> and he takes them outside. Oh, that is the most awkward little skit ever, man. <laughs> and so... He escorts him outside, and we just hear, Seymour, the house is on fire. Which, of course, that's Agnes. Oh, yeah. Skinner's, da- Skinner's mom, right? And Skinner's like, no, mother. It's just the Northern Lights. And then we hear Chalmers says, well, Seymour, you're an odd fellow, but I must say, you steam a good ham. And he walks off. He looks back at Skinner. He gets a thumbs up, right? And in the back, we hear Agnes just screaming, Help! Help! <laughs> And so we see a fire engine going to the Skinner's house, right? Mm-hmm. And it rushes past Homer, who's carrying Maggie, a bundle of groceries, and holding Santa's little helper on a leash. So Homer's busy. Right? Yes. But as he's walking past, you know, would kids understand newspaper dispensers? Not all of them. Yeah. Well, back in the day, yes. If you wanted to know anything, you pretty much had to buy a newspaper. Yep. Or watch the news on TV. Mm-hmm. But you could buy the newspaper if you didn't subscribe to it, and if you weren't at a convenience store. Sometimes they had little newspaper dispensers outside, and you could just pop in a quarter or fifty cents. Back when you could have an honor system for mm-hmm. such things. Yeah. Because once you open it up, you, you could take everything. But if you're good, you just take whatever you bought for and you walk away. But it was cool. Yeah. But I remember when the the daily newspaper started off at being 10 cents. The one that went to 25 cents. The Sunday newspaper being for 25 going to 50 cents. Now it's more than a dollar, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's closer to two bucks now. I wouldn't know. It's been so long since I actually bought a newspaper. Is that 
Remember, they, they just used to show up, man. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, is that sad or not? It is sad. Well, to us, because we grew up that way, but. You know, and I miss the little joys of getting the, the newspaper. Read the funnies the and cartoons. stuff? cartoons, uh-huh. yeah, of course. The cartoons were great. Little crosswords and stuff. And then even the cool things, like, that you would look forward to every year. Like, you would look forward to the, uh, the firework coupon pages. For the yes. July and New Year's, mm-hmm. you know, before online Black Friday shopping, you would wait for the Best Buy circular, or the Target circular. Yeah, right. Like now, you don't wait for any of that. You just nah, go online and you look for it. It's different. You know, when you saw that things were on sale, like, oh, cool, they're gonna have this on sale. And like, it, it's it's different now, man. And I mean, a lot of these kids. They just, remember the, do you remember? The, just don't know. The Christmas time Toys R Us circular. Oh God, yes! I waited for that. And one. it was special because it was more like a booklet. It had staples in it because it was so big. And you had to make sure you actually went out and you bought the newspaper mm-hmm. so you could get that. Because it actually had the coupon that you would clip out. Yes, and I would clip it out, knowing I would be disappointed every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Every once in a while, you were lucky, and your parents used one of the coupons and got you something cool. <laughs> well, maybe you were, <laughs> but I got socks. Yeah, fair enough. Now, as a kid, socks sucked, but I got to tell you, as an adult, socks, undies, oh, undies. oh my God, no. that's that's good. Why? That prevents me from spending my money from buying that. Exactly. Yeah, socks are great. <laughs> Socks, underwear, and ties are underrated gifts. Yes, yes, they are. People complain about that. I do not. Yeah. Not at all. So, kids, I know for, like, Father's Day, you wait for, like, Saturday before you actually think about your dad and you actually buy anything. So you wind up getting something really crappy. Don't do that, guys. If you're going to wait till Saturday, go out and buy dad some socks, some undies, or a tie. He'll appreciate that. Or just keep it simple. Find out what kind of like shorts and t-shirts your dad likes. Yeah. That's all you need. Because really, you know what happens Father's Day and Mother's Day? Mother's Day, kids will ask the mom, Mom, where do you want to go eat? Mm-hmm. What do they ask dad on Father's Day? What are you making? What are you going to grill? <laughs> what are you going to grill for us, dad? What are you making? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are you going to use your day to make all of us? All of us some food. I love that old uh, Chris Rock stand-up back in the day. Mm. Like, nobody cares about dad. Everything's about mom. Exactly. And, like, what does dad get? The big piece of chicken. That's <laughs> all dad gets, the big piece of chicken. Mm-hmm. And some women don't want to give up the big piece of chicken. <laughs> well, I got to, as a dad, I have to admit, sometimes I got to collect the dad tax. Yeah. You're familiar with the dad tax, right? Yes. All right, I'm going to buy you a Happy Meal, but I'm going to eat some of your fries. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, we're going to get donuts, but I get to choose which one I want first. <laughs> that's the dad tax, man. Exactly, that's, bro. That's, exactly. That's the way it is. So, you know, you know, every now and then I got to make up for stuff and just collect the dad tax. Show of power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's, it's also a good lesson for uh, against uh, socialism. <laughs> when they go trick-or-treating and you take half their stuff. There you go. Yeah. 
That's a good lesson against <laughs> socialism yeah, also. That's, that's a good scar to leave on him. Uh-huh. All right, let's get back to this. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Homer's busy, right? Uh-huh. So, anyway, so Homer looks at the newspaper um, little stand there, and he notices the stories of Springfield Shopper, right? And it says, Senator Helms, Republican from North Carolina, is calling for a tax on donuts. And, of course, Homer finds this shocking. So he kind of juggles Maggie and the groceries, the dog, and he puts his money in the vending machine. And he reaches in and grabs the newspaper, but he realizes that no, he did not do what he was trying to do successfully. Mm -mm. Somehow, Maggie is now locked inside of the little kiosk. Yes, right. So he he has the newspaper, but Maggie's yeah. And so he's, he's looking in his pockets for another quarter, and he pulls cord, coins out of his pants, and they're all stretched out. And he's like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have gone to the railroad tracks, <laughs> which is good old-fashioned fun back in the day. Yes. You leave your coins on the railroad tracks. Would, the train would go by. You would flatten out your quarters or whatever. You would make them to oblong yeah, thing, right? It's pretty cool. But so, of course... Simpler time. Yeah. yeah. But of course, you know, you had your cousins there. No, it's going to derail the trains. It's going to derail the trains. It's not that powerful. No, no. It it's a not. lot to derail the train. Uh-huh. It does happen. But, yeah. And so, anyway. And so he's, he tries to get, you know, Maggie like out of there to get changed. He leaves Maggie. And uh, he can't find change, right? Mm-mm. He can't find it at all. And so. He kind of reaches in. He grabs Maggie's, I don't know what you would call that, outfit. Yeah. And he kind of like pulls on it. He's like, oh, good, Maggie. Come on, come on. Pull, come on, come on. And he pulls on the on it, on the fabric, and it comes off Maggie. She's never got a naked baby inside the kiosk. Right? Mm. But she covers herself up with the newspaper. Which yes. Is hilarious. And so, Homer finally finds out a solution to the problem, right? And later on, we see Homer playing with Maggie. In her little... Baby pen? In her, yeah, in her little crib. Mm-hmm. But she's still inside of the kiosk. He ripped the kiosk out of the floor, carried it all the way back home, uh-huh. and put it in her crib. Right? And they're playing peekaboo. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And then we cut to Krusty Burger. Mm-hmm. And we see Chief Wiggum, and he's talking while he's enjoying his, I guess you would call it a meat-flavored sandwich. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, my goodness. We get into... Some of the greatest dialogue in the series ever. It's parodied, of course. Yes. Right? But But it's still so good. The references are so good. Mm -hmm. And so we see Lou, Chief Wiggum, and Eddie, right, sitting there. And Lou says, you know, I went to the McDonald's in Shelbyville on Friday night. And Wiggum's like, the monk what? uh, McDonald's. I never heard of it either. But they have over 2,000 locations in this state alone. And Eddie's there, too. He's like, they must have sprung up overnight. Says, you know, the funniest thing, though, it's the little differences. And Chief Wiggum's like, explain. He says, example. Oh, I'm sorry, example. <laughs> example. <laughs> he says, well, at McDonald's, you can buy a Krusty Burger with cheese, right? They don't call it a Krusty Burger with cheese. Wiggum's like, get out. Well, what do they call it? Quarter pounder with cheese. A quarter pounder with cheese? Well, I can picture the cheese, but uh, 
Do they also have crusty, partially gelatinated, non-dairy, gum-based beverages, too? Mm-hmm. They call them shakes. And Eddie's like, huh, shakes. You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> and so, Chief Wigan at that point wants some donuts, but he finds himself stuck in the booth. He can't get out. He's so freaking fat, he can't get out. Mm-hmm. So, Eddie and Lou both lean over with their knives and they stab the cushion behind Wiggum and kind of deflates it. Mm-hmm. And that allows him to get out. Right. And so as Wiggum's leaving the Krusty Burger, you see the B guy. Apparently his name's Pedro. Yeah. Right? And so the camera follows him home. He kisses his wife. He takes off his outfit. Right? He's like, Ay, que bien, mister. Hablo trabajo. <laughs> this guy speaks such bad Spanish. Right? He's just, ah! But we don't find it offensive. No, we don't. If anything, I think it's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could be more sensitive, but no, no, that would now. It's funny. Yes, it is funny, <laughs> right? So Pedro starts talking about his day, about how he was attacked by a woodpeckero loco while he was filming throughout the day. Then he gets shot while he was eating spaghetti. And then he was uh, he was uh, whacked by una pelota de baseball. Mm-hmm. Huge, yeah, baseball, uh-huh. right? He goes, ay, tiempo para relajar en paz y quieto. <laughs> really bad Spanish, by the way. Really bad Spanish. <laughs> so he opens up the cabinet and a bunch of oranges fall over and hit him on the head. Okay, that's racist as hell. Why is that? Mexicans and oranges, that's, that's, come on. Am I missing something? The stereotype of Mexicans selling oranges. Ah, okay, okay. Come on, man. That's, that's, it's funny. It's super funny. I'm not getting complained. That's a deep cut, though. Yes, man. it is. That's a big one. I was like, ooh. So he's like, ay, naranjas en la cabeza. And he kind of like foils his arms around. And he kind of like steps on an orange and he trips and he's falling and he grabs onto a chandelier. Mm-hmm. And he's like swinging back and forth. He's like, Ay, una candelabra precariosa. <laughs> now, wait, I thought a candelabra, I didn't know it was a chandelier. I thought well, a candelabra I think it, was like, like that thing that uh, Liberace used to put on the piano. I think a candelabra could be a chandelier, too, as long as you can put candles on there. Ah, okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It would make sense. Right. And so at that point, point, who is this? His wife, right? Yeah, well, when he grabs onto the candelabra and he swings back and forth, Mm -hmm. after a while, it kind of, like, collapses. and And then a bunch of walls start to collapse on him, too. And this is when his wife... Comes in. Yes. And she starts yelling at him. Like, Ay, mira que cosa tan terrible. No puedo entender la co- como esto, como puedo vivir con un hombre también. Es parte de... No, 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 no. She walks out, handing him a divorce paper in the process, right? Uh-huh. And then after that, the whole house collapsed on him. Yeah. And he's like, Ay, donde esta mi tequila? Again, super stereotype again. Yes. But hilarious. Yes, I'm not going to complain. No. I'm not going to uh, write anybody 
or go on Twitter and tell everybody how angry I am. No. I can appreciate a joke. That was funny. Yes, it was. And so as the, as the house crumbles, we cut to Snake, right? Who's still on the run from the bar heist. Mm-hmm. And he drives by. He stops at an intersection. And man, what a great scene. Yes. It is, of course, again, another homage, right? To Pulp Fiction. Yes. Which I don't think we said outright yet. Yes, this whole episode is an homage to Pulp Fiction at the time. And uh, we see Wiggum crossing the street holding a box of donuts, just like Marcellus yes. is crossing the street in front of Bruce Willis's character, right? Mm-hmm. In Pulp Fiction, which, man, that Bruce Willis needs his heart breaking. Yes, I know. Yeah. It's such a tragedy to see a big action star reduced to that big star period yes but you know the fact that he did action movies and he was like this larger than life thing at the the end yeah i mean like so when he was young he wasn't that badass but he got more and more badass as he got older yeah man that's a damn shame yep and so wiggum turns and sees snake at the stoplight and he says Hey, don't I know you? And, of course, Snake panics, and he floors it, and he runs over Wiggum. Mm-hmm. And so Snake hits a mailbox, right? The mail goes up in the air, and hits a wall. Uh-huh. And then we see Wiggum, hey, hey, wait up. We got to swap insurance info. And so Wiggum catches up to Snake, and the two have a... Fight in the street just like Butch and uh, Marcellus do in Pulp Fiction, uh-huh. right? And they barrel into and what are the what are the odds that the Simpsons would have the perfect character for this? Right? One to, Herman to make this yes. They stumble into Herman's military antique store where Herman cocks a shotgun and basically tells them to stop. Mm. No, he does not use the same language. No, the no. Does in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> but he's got that pump action shotgun yeah. pointed right at him. Yep. Now, I will say, in both cases, Herman and in the movie, that's a badass shotgun. <laughs> yes, it is. That's <laughs> a dangerous shotgun. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, then we see a donut roll out of Wiggins' box, out the door, down to the sewer, and the camera tracks it. All the way to Evergreen Terrace, where we see Reverend Lovejoy walking his big ass dog, and he happens to stop right in front of Flanders' house. Mm-hmm. And so the Reverend's like, Come on, boy, this is the spot right here. That's good, boy. Do your dirty, sinful business. And just then, Ned opens up the door and he walks out of his house. He's like, Well, howdy, Reverend Lovejoy. Nice to see you there. On my lawn, with your dog. Oh, 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 bad dog. Look at that. Right on Ned's lawn. How could you do such a thing? Good boy. Now, don't stop. Now, bad dog. I condemn you to hell. (laughs) And Ned's like, better get the old snow shovel back from Homer, eh? And he walks out. Right, and Lovejoy says to the dog, good boy, don't stop the music. (laughs) Man, he hates Ned. Mm. He really hates Ned. So then we see Ned walking past the Simpsons' kitchen window where he sees Marge. It looks like she's trying to juice 
a grapefruit, but it happened. But it's not a juicer. It's it's Lisa's hair. Yeah, just layers of stuff on it by uh-huh. this point. And Ned says, "Marge Simpson still making juice the old-fashioned way, right?" And Lisa's like, "No, I got gum in my hair." And Marge says, "Oh, we've tried everything: olive oil, lemon juice, tartar sauce, chocolate syrup, gravy, bacon fat, hummus, and baba ganoush." And Lisa's like, my scalp hurts from horsefly bites. And so Ned says, why don't you freeze it with an ice cube and hit it with a hammer? Hurts for me when I get bubbly gum in the old push broom. He points at his mustache. And, of course, they try that. And we see Ned banging away at Lisa's hair. He's going to town on it. On the kitchen table. And all that does is flatten the gum out. And Ned's like, I think I masked more of it into the hair. Uh-huh. And then we see a bunch of people from around town. Dr. Hibbert, the uh, the Springfield uh, Isotopes uh, mascot. Yep. Cosmo, was it Cosmo? I forget yes, I name. believe it was. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Ross Keeper Willie. Uh-huh. Lionel Hutz. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, no, it was the Capital City Goofball. Capital City Goofball, yes. Yes, the big team, the big team, mm-hmm. right? And everybody starts throwing in their two cents, right? And so we, we cut to the next scene. Uh-huh. And we get a little show within a show. Yes. And finally, someone gets their uh, day in the sun. And it's one Cletus is slack jawed yogel. Yes. Our favorite country bumpkin, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he's, he's got his little intro. Mm-hmm. He's like... Cletus is slack jawed Yeah, it's like some folks will won't eat. A skunk that's been run over, yeah, or something but like then that. again, some focal like Cletus the sky, the the, the slack jawed yokel. <laughs> oh my god! So yes, he's a degenerate. Right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we get into like a sitcom situation with mm-hmm. it. And so we see uh, Cletus's woman Brandine, right? She's doing some of her chores, and uh, Cletus walks in. He's got a pair of black shoes. Like, hey, Brandine. You might could wear these to your job interview. Branding's like, and scup up the topless dancing floor runway? Nah, you best bring them back from where you got them. Oh, God. <laughs> and so we see Cletus uh, going up a telephone pole, right? And he tosses his shoe out on the wire, right? On top of the pole. He's like, mm. like, hey, you know what? I could call my mom while I'm up here. Hey, mom! Get off the dang roof! <laughs> oh my goodness! And yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, I mean, but hey, that was um, the first time Kalidas got some airtime on purpose. Yes, so good for him. Yes, and so the camera just follows the phone wire now, right? Because everything ties in this episode mm-hmm. back into the little dungeon there. Right. The comic book guy store. Yeah, the the Android's Dungeon. The Android's Dungeon, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's calling up for food. Mm-hmm. And as he completes his order, Millhouse runs in, right? He's like, it's an emergency. I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to explode. And um, he just says the bathroom is for paying customers. Right. And so uh, Millhouse is like pointing at stuff like, how much is that? It is like, what is it? <laughs> That is a, a photograph of Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. That is exactly $100. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So I, I, I mean, I kind of get the the irony of having something like that. Yes, funny. yes, it is. So Bill has finally asked, like, what can I get for seventy five cents? So he says, you can get this hamburger hamburger adventure comic because the uh, the uh, crossword puzzle has already been solved. Yes. So the secret word is fries. Yes. <laughs> So Milhouse pays for the comic, but as he's doing that, his dad walks in. Yes, yeah, so Mr. Van Houten walks in. He's like, I sent you to the bathroom and you're in here buying comics, right? And, uh, and the comic book guy says, like, our transaction is completed. You may take him or whatever he says. And Milhouse is like, ah! He gets dragged away. <laughs> and so we go back to Herman's military antique shop, mm-hmm. right? And in his dungeon. Yes. Very Pulp Fiction. We see Wiggum and Snake with the ball gags in their mouth um, tied into a chair. And Herman says, as soon as Zed gets here, party will begin. And then we hear the door buzz. And he says, oh, that must be Zed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the freaking But it isn't Zed. No. It's, it's the Van Houtens. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. So Milhouse walks in. And, and Mr. Manhattan asks Herman, like, hey, my kid really needs to use the bathroom. You know? And Mel's like, you gotta say yes! <laughs> and, he, and and so uh, he tells him, okay, Herman says, make it quick. All right? And so we see Mr. Van Houten standing there just staring at Snake and Wiggum, all muffled. <laughs> and, and he starts telling a story, right? <laughs> the guy, remember when this used to be a pet store? And he had puppies over on this side over here. And then Herman just grabs his... His shotgun. Uh, and he points it at him. He's like, get in the corner. And as he says that, he's whacked in the back of the head with a mace. Actually, that's a morning star. A morning star, because it's the ball and chain. Yes, right? The yes. mace is solid. Right? Yes, uh-huh. So with the morning star, boom! And Millhouse is swinging it around while he's wearing a knight's uh, armor helmet, right? Uh-huh. And he's like, can we take this? <laughs> and uh, Wiggum and Snake are both happy. And Wiggum uses that moment to hop out while well, he's still tied to his chair. Yeah. And he uh, he goes outside and he crosses paths with Lisa. And she's walking into the barbershop. Yeah. Snippy long stocking barbershop, right? She gets in the chair, right? And... Uh, at first, she gets a bald spot cut into her head, which uh-huh. she's just freaking out about. Yes. But the barber works his magic, and then she has a nice little, uh, very 1950s-looking hairstyle. Yes. But it's no longer like the star, right? Yeah. It's kind of like the star, but the arms are on her head. It's curled in, yeah. Yes. And I kind of like it. It looks cute. It looks cute, right? Yeah. He's like, I finally look like a real person. And she walks out. And then we just see Nelson going, and she's just gets sad and puts her hat back on, right? And so, uh, as she does that, right, we see uh, we see uh, Miss Glick walk by. She trips on a curb and into a trash can. Nelson laughs again, right, with his ha ha. And as she falls in, then we see a very very tall man. Driving like a Volkswagen Beetle. Like his knees are up to his chin, basically, right? And Nelson, of course, laughs at him again. But 
Then the car stops. Yeah, he wasn't having it, right? He slams his brake, and we see him climb out of his car. Like a spider. Yes, I mean, <laughs> this guy is, uh, I don't know, minute bowl? Yeah, like kind of tall. tall for sure. Yeah, he is. He is a tall dude. So he walks over and he starts chasing Nelson down. Nelson runs, but uh, this guy's so tall, he just needs to walk. And he grabs Nelson by the head. Yeah, because Lisa rats him out, right? He tries to hide. Yeah, in a little duct. He's like, "No, he's in there." Uh huh. And we just hear Nelson go, "Crud!" And so he reaches into the manhole, he grabs him by the head, and he pulls him out. And he's like, do you find something comical appearance about my appearance when I'm driving my automobile? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to drive a vehicle, even the very tall. And he kind of forces him to look at the car. Yeah. He's like... This was the largest auto that I could afford. Am I therefore to be made the subject of fun? I guess so. <laughs> She's like, what? Right? And he puts him down and he pants him. Yeah. Right? He pulls his pants down. And he gets in his car and he starts honking and driving behind Nelson, Nelson right? right? As he's walking with his pants around his ankles and his tidy whities down mm -hmm. the street, right? And he yells out, hey, everybody, look at this. It's that boy that laughs at everyone. And Let's we, laugh at him. And then we hear the crowd go, <laughs> Yep. And as everybody's laughing at him and he's embarrassed, we see ketchup and mustard rain down on him from the bridge from, of course, Bart and Milhouse who are laughing. And Bart still remembers his comment from about 20 minutes and 10 seconds ago that everybody in town's got their story to tell. Right? There's just not enough time to hear them all. And as the show is ending, we see Professor Frank run in and he's got, he's got this little card with him. He's like, ahoy, ahoy. He's like, like, let me talk. Professor Frank, Professor Frank. He's doing this, he's doing that. And then the show kind of ends on his really, really bad song. That's that. Mm -hmm. Woo! So, this is not your typical episode. No, it's not. There was no central theme in here. No. There was... This was an homage. Yes, this was nothing, nothing was resolved here. But it was just, I guess, Matt Groening really, really loves his Quentin Tarantino. Yes, he does. Now, um, so first of all, first things first, five-minute episode. I agree. Great I concur. Writing, regardless of its parody, like just great writing, great references. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super awesome. Super cool, the transitions between the little episodes and stuff like that. Just, mm -hmm. man, super cool. Now... Before we go any further, it's been a while. It's been more than a minute since I bought a, a physical comic book. Do they still have this? Hmm. I doubt it. I'm sure they exist for a niche market. Yeah. Once in a while, but no, I seriously doubt it. All right. Um, most yeah. kids are wise to that now? Yeah. I'm sure they are. Or they eat them or something. I don't 
<laughs> some kind of challenge. Yeah. But um, we were talking about it before the episode. This episode was in 96. And Pulp Fiction, which they're referencing heavily, of course, came out in 94. And we were saying that it was a different time. That was like right before the internet was in everyone's house. Yeah. Because you, it could take a movie two years to catch on that everybody knew it. You know, a lot of the time movies did better when they went to video. And that's when they became popular. Mm-hmm. So that was a that's a time long gone, my friend. Yeah. Now kids, like, you tell them we used to go down on Friday, used to rent videos, and like, what the hell are you talking about? Or rent video games? Yeah. I mean, what the hell, man? What the hell? Yeah. It hasn't been that long of a time, but everything's just changed so much. Think about it this way. When it comes to video games, just to pay 60 bucks for a video game, and you played the whole video game. Yeah. Now you pay 60 bucks for a game that's not even done yet. You got to buy the DLCs. You got to buy this, you got to buy that, and by the time you know it, they got 120 out of you. Mm-hmm. Different times, man. Would that, that that wouldn't be inflation? That would be shrinkflation. So? You get less for less money. You got to pay more for it. I wouldn't mind paying eighty for a complete thing. Mm. Instead, you know what I mean? Oh well, but yes, different times. So yes, this was the height of when Tarantino was getting very very famous. Yeah. Um, I still remember watching, wanting to watch Pulp Fiction, so I bought it on pay-per-view. My brothers were like, what the hell are you watching? But then they actually saw it and they could appreciate it. But before that, it was just weird for wanting to buy that on pay-per-view. I don't know why. Yeah. And so, like, here's what I was about getting to be, like, about 10 years old. So I was starting to pay attention to movies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So it was like, Oh, okay. And I, I remember constantly this being advertised to watch on uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Pulp Fiction and Friday and a bunch of other movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, The Simpsons, I mean, I'm, I'm usually not a fan of, like, Sign of the Time stuff. This is masterfully done. This mm-hmm. is really good. Because if you didn't know any better, they, they weren't trying to do it. Mm-hmm. But they did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like I said, the fact that a lot of people would look at me is like, well, "This is a cl-. no, it isn't a clip show." No, it's not. No, we're not going back to anything. This is all new stuff tying into each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, this episode was disjointed if you want to think about it that way, but it was done for a reason. We got to see. A little portion of the daily lives of the people in Springfield that we normally wouldn't get to see in every episode. Yeah. Who knew Apu was such a party animal? <laughs> who knew Herman was such a freak? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I want to know who the hell Zed is. Oh, I don't even know who in the Springfield epi- in the Springfield knows? universe. Oh my goodness! Well, Zed's dead. That's what I know. Zed's dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. The wolf is on his way. Oh, that's awesome. 
Oh, my God. Um, so is there anything else about this episode you'd like to mention? No, just one of my favorites. I mean, that's because I'm a big fan of Tarantino movies. So this one just hits twice with me. I mean, that's... It's very cool when you see two of like your favorite things cross over and do something like yeah. like that. It's very cool. So uh, this one for me, like sentimentally, it's in my top ten just based on that. Yeah, I mean, we got to go into the seedier parts of Springfield, see Skinner's daily struggles of trying to remain relevant in his career. I don't think he's trying to progress. I think he's just trying to hang on for dear life. Yeah. I mean, well, I've always said, like, and I mean, we'll analyze this more as we get deeper in the series, but, you know, the Seymour Skinner we get in these episodes is the one that's just waiting for his mother to die. <laughs> Before he can live his life. Yeah. That is one one overbearing mother. Yeah. Um, so, if there's nothing else you'd like to add? Nope, just classic episode. Memes come out of this episode. Whole steamed hams things. <laughs> it's an Albany thing. Oh my goodness. Um, so don't forget to give us a follow on our official show Instagram. It's official underscore under official underscore homers underscore donuts without the apostrophes. Uh, feel free to send us a little note on there on anything we can do to make this show better for you. Yeah. Ratings. Uh, give us some nice little reviews. Give us ratings if you can, depending on which podcast platform you listen to this on. Uh, it just makes it easier for people to find our little show. And uh, if there's nothing else, El Ray. Nope. Until next week. Or war. Actually, you know what? I do need to mention this. We will be missing next week. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, I will not be in town. Summer. Uh, yep. I'll be in Ohio doing um, something. Yeah. And I'll be back in a week. And until next time, au revoir, suckers.